MSU is 3-0 for the first time since 2015, and Tom Izzo remembered that he still has scholarships remaining. It's a great week to be a Spartan, even if the defense is, uh, different? You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the least trustworthy ticket procurer, Kevin Greck.biznet. Greckers, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that uh, that this is, uh, you know, entered into its second wing of haranguing. <laughs> you know, it's fine. I'm glad you guys finally have something on me. After all these years of perfection, finally <laughs> a crack in the armor. Yeah. Uh, and we are, of course, joined by the man whose use of a certain four-lettered word offends nine out of every ten women and children, Alex Plum. Plum, how's that soap taste, buddy? It's bitter. Bitter, bitter, bitter. I will say, anyone that is interested in entering a relationship and getting to know your significant other's family should not watch Michigan State football games in their presence, uh, specifically in the third quarter. So just be advised. The third quarter? We're going to get to your reactions a little bit later. Uh, (laughs) But... (laughs) Thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, including that Spotify now has a place for you to review the pod. Ooh, uh, get in there, everyone. And follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. And now, please also give us a look on Instagram at Spartan underscore pod as well. Uh, Greg, share the structure of the show. Well, we start with the green wall. Gents and germs, and that's where we cover the ongoing sporting events on campus. So, most notably at this time, at this moment, college football and men's college basketball has some has some news this week as well. Then we take it off Grand River, and we start talking about the wider world of sports, things that are happening outside of East Lansing. Then... Preview the Nebraska game, the upcoming second Big Ten tilt for the Michigan State Spartans. And then we take uh, your Twitter questions, of which there are a couple. So <laughs> let's uh, let's kick it off. Plum, tell us about this Miami game, man. It was a great game because we won. That makes it a great game. Uh, no, there's a lot to be like. There's a lot to like about this. Uh, we could start with the offense if yeah. you wanted to. Start. Kick us off. 451 total offensive yards, which is a great number. It's bigger than 450 by four whole yards. Thorne went 18 for 31 for 261 yards and notched us four touchdown MSUs. So that was great. Um, He was mobile. He was athletic. He was nimble. He was Jack B quick. Uh, rushed five times for 34 yards, including a gutsy first down that had me spinning and doing cartwheels in the grass. So I, I was quite happy. And in fact, not once did I think that Russo should come out. That's how many times I didn't. Wow. Not (laughs) once, huh? So would you say that you, uh, had complete confidence in the team the entire game? I didn't waver once. In fact, I think our group text messages will demonstrate that I was stoic. (laughs) And reserved Jured? my feelings. Totally Ladies and gentlemen measured. of the jury, <laughs> I'd like to present to you 
boys were about ready to be humbled. <laughs> that was that was like in the first few minutes, I think. It was in- definitely like partially through the first quarter. <laughs> Just definitely not time to panic, but uh, <laughs> but you did. But I you did. panicked. I'm good at it. I I do think there there is something to uh, one that's just who you are. Two, John L's done this to all of us, and three, yeah. let's be honest about how the Mark D'Antonio years ended. Uh, you know, there wasn't when you when you go two games with a 75 yard uh, touchdown to start a game, and it takes a minute to score. You're like, oh my god, do we not have offense again? <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right. Speaking of offense it. again, yeah. we've gone too long without talking about. Kenneth Walker, praise be unto thee. Praise uh, be, praise be. <laughs> Unbelievable game out of yeah. this dude. Another one. Crazy yeah. game. Mm-hmm. 27 carries, 174 yards, um, three receptions for another 17 yards and a touchdown. I mean, some of these runs were bananas. Like, truly. He broke ankles. He trucked dudes. I mean, <laughs> he, you know, people talk about guys with a second gear. Ken Walker has three gears. There's the one where he decides which hole to hit. There's the one where he drags a dude out to have a bad angle getting to the edge. And then there's the third gear where he says, I am faster than all of you. Man, I think you I, could reorder those <laughs> if you wanted to. Uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh, dude, unbelievable, this guy. Like, the I think the big question right now is do we all remember the hype around Kenneth Walker in the, in the preseason? Do you remember? Uh, in in, in what way? We kept hearing dude. We kept hearing real deal. We kept hearing all run threat, home run threat. Was he undersold? I mean, I think you got to give a hat tip to, uh, to at least Colton Pouncey and, um, front of the pod, Will Hunter, Mm -hmm. who both, when we picked, Ken Walker up out of the transfer portal, both said, we got a guy. Um, it's unreal I, to me that it's that, unreal. We got him that that person was available in the portal. If yes. I were the wake forest athletic director, whoever their football coach is kind of for some, what, what, I don't remember what his name is. He would be in my office this week. And when he walks in the door, I would be watching Kenneth Walker, MSU highlights. <laughs> and I would just say, have a seat. Have a Could, seat. Let's, would you be Would you be surprised to hear that Ken Walker was their number two running yeah. back? Well, that's also it's like co starter, isn't it? The way that their sure. their offense is built, it's it's not a traditional pro style offense. So, um, no, my understanding was that he was like a one B essentially. Sure, sure, but still bananas. Like he's so good. He's got. So many different qualities about him that are would be on their own great. Like he's a power back. He can, you know, he can make dudes miss. He can uh he can turn on a dime. He's got vision. Like you add all of these up, and I mean, through three games, one of which he was sat partially. I'm not surprised at all to learn that he has the most rushing yardage in the country. Sure. Yeah. I I also think there was there's a clip that went around Twitter. Uh, I think ESPN might have even tweeted it, where there was a, a a Miami player who was coming up to make a tackle on on Kenneth Walker, and instead just suddenly blocked 
it, like just ran into a, a different player like mm-hmm. and it was like he glitched out but i think he just didn't <laughs> want any of ken walker <laughs> yeah like i mean because he threw dudes down he this game he did he was a man out there you oh. you will recall that after the Northwestern game, I likened him to somebody. Do you remember who I likened him to? And this this prophecy, I will call it, continues to become true, truer and truer. Hmm? I mean, I, people are starting to say. Yes, they are starting to say. That he might be, I, I, I feel uncomfortable putting the label on him. Well, you don't have to use that word, but we can say Barry Sanders. Well, that's that a genera- that is a generational talent. That is a generational talent. I would be way talent. more comfortable talking about Heisman than Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> well, we do have questions on Ken Walker's future uh, a little bit later, so we can table them for now. But they're not I mean, with the Lions. We can at least agree on that. Well, hopefully not for his yeah, sake. For his Good sake, Lord. right? Praise unto him. Let's uh, speaking of things for his sake. Let's talk about the offensive line a little bit. Because mm-hmm. we've already talked about how well Thorne did. We've already talked about how well Walker did. Offensive line made some adjustments in the second half, but there were they got bailed out a little bit by adjustments made by the staff, by adjustments made by Thorne, and by Kenneth Walker just being a dude, a chap, a hoss. Like the the offensive line took a bit of a step back in this game, I think. Well, all right, hold on. I, I think that's a great thing to talk about because it, I would rephrase it in a question. Miami is oh, maybe God. the most. I thought you blitz- were a recovering lawyer. I thought I thought we were past this. Mm-hmm. Miami is maybe the most blitz happy team that we will okay. face the entire year. So, I, I mean, it is all about pressure on the QB. I don't know that it's entirely fair to put all of that on the offensive line when they are, I think they were oftentimes literally outmanned. Um, Sure. Maybe at times out athleted, but I don't know, towards the end of the game, it seemed like Miami didn't want any of that. Yeah. And in fairness, I, I do believe Thorne was asked a question about the sacks. And I think he said that they couldn't be attributed to the offensive line or something or, or something something yeah. like that. Well, so it would be like a scheme thing or a blocking issue in the backs the f- or, or two something came like that. in, two of the three came in the first half of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Like, I, I mean, you don't want it right. But like, that's it. That's a line that got better as the game went on. Yeah. I mean, they did have total eight tackles for a loss, uh, and a couple sacks. So, Anyway, the the line had been doing very well. This was a bit plum. I would say this was a bit of a humbling of the line, though. Ha! Eat it. Uh, eat it, line. Eat it. Um, uh, well, speaking of eating it, uh, what about these wide receivers uh, shoving holy. it down the throat? Well, I, I think before we, if we can, because this is a good transition point, mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta shout out Connor Hayward. Yeah. Because sure. I mean, sure, yeah. he he caught what did he have? Uh three catches three. for forty nine yards. Yeah, three receptions. But like you <laughs> you watch the big plays, uh a lot of Ken Walker's big plays, and it is Connor Hayward. Yeah, he's in there uh, putting blocks down. Yeah, I think one of Naylor's touchdowns, Connor Hayward blocked two dudes to make that touchdown possible. 
Um, maybe that was on Walker's uh, touchdown, but I, I mean, a great all around game that it's like, if you, if you go back and watch the highlights, he's in all of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's uh doctor who just showing up in photos through time. It's great. Solid reference, right? Good solid. One. Solid. Good. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, Reed and Naylor. Um, yeah. Naylor had some huge chunk yardage plays, just massive plays. And missed on two. Sure. Fair. Would have had more. But, I mean, like he would have had more is my point. Right. Like, Fair. Right. Fair. Right. Uh, and then Reed also as well, some, some huge, and, and I want to stay with Nando for a second though, because I, I, I am, I'm thinking back to particularly to that, the third quarter, um, on that drive, it was like your most, uh, explicit of quarters as I understand it. Well, it was in fact that, and, and part of what didn't, what didn't hurt that was the fact that, uh, it was that touchdown that put us up 17 to seven. I think it was like an 85 yard play or 85 yard drive right i mean it was but it was it was it it, it ended with this 11 yard touchdown to nailer um it it for me was what demonstrated that the coaching staff had made excuse me the 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 adjustments that were necessary at halftime to keep the team in it because i was pessimistic i guess is what you would say given some of the 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 dithering and dathering that had been happening on uh with our secondary and, and some other of our, our poor performing players that quarter, but, but, but it was, it was Naylor. It was Naylor again and again and again. And for me, it was that drive tenacity, relentlessness. It was, you know, it was Tucker's complimentary football that for me is what that that's when I finally started to sit back a little bit and and feel like, Oh, maybe we were, we are going to win this game, which I know is ironic considering we were never losing the game, but you know, we we lost. We were losing for a second. Oh, for a, but the very yeah, sure. At the, the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Um. Let's, Jonesy, if you don't mind, let's pop over to how MSU did against, uh, the Miami uh quarterback Derek King. Sure. Because that was a big part of our preview, and then let's also talk about I think what everyone has an actual concern about as the outcome of this game. You know, Rambo versus the secondary, and what we saw there. Sure. So, uh, which one we'll, do you want to do first, Mr. Well, Host? Let's talk about the good, which is that this this team continues to be stout against the run. Very. Um, the um, uh, their running back had 44 yards on 11 carries. Um, if you consider that one of those runs was 11 yards, um, that makes the bulk of his carries pretty ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek King, who was is considered a mobile quarterback. Uh, you take out the sack yardage and he is nine, uh, nine attempts for 34 yards. Not great. Um, and, uh, and took a beating doing it. Dude. All I could think about through that game, like a regular, like happy go lucky quarterback walked into that building earlier that day. And then just, a <laughs> withered husk of a man walked out at the end to like, I, it was unsustainable. They kept talking about the treatment that he went to the locker room oh, for. Yeah. And, and like, let's be clear. They meant shots, yeah. right? Yeah. He got shots for sure. <laughs> Cause he came back out as a fully functioning human being. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he got the NFL treatment over yeah. there in the locker room. Uh, I felt uh, to be honest with you, I felt bad for him 
at times, the amount of abuse that he was taking. And the coaches just kept drawing plays for yeah. him to take more shots. And I thought, this guy is your entire team. Correct. And he can throw the ball okay. Why are you putting him in this position? Yep. And then he'd get another hit. And I just, I don't. I felt, well, I felt bad at the end with his shoulder. I mean, you yeah. could see it very visibly that his performance just completely deteriorated through most of the fourth quarter after he had that. He ran for, I think, nine or 10 yards, basically netted a first down and then, um, and then, but just got creamed on the, on the tackle. And as we'll, as we'll cover in uh, the Nebraska preview, uh, this is, this bodes well for Adrian Martinez. Um, <laughs> Cause Derek King, from what I've seen is a better quarterback than Adrian Martinez. So yeah. um, what about the other side though? What about when he did throw the ball, particularly to Rambo? <laughs> yeah. So I think we're going to, uh, we're going to hold off a conversation about strategy and X's and O's to Twitter questions because we got a lot of questions about it. But Rambo Charleston, who is a, um, is it Charleston? It might be Charleston Rambo. Charleston which, Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rambo is on the Jersey. It's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, Charleston Rambo, who's a, an Oklahoma transfer. I mean, give credit where credit's due. Dude's a stud and, yep. and will have a great career. Uh, 12 receptions for 158 yards and two touchdowns. One TD was a, just a blown assignment, uh, clearly blown assignment by Ronald Williams. Yeah. Who, who got dragged over by two uh, sort of dragging receivers. Um, and then uh, the other one was an incredible catch on an incredible throw where he got hit by two different guys in the air, held onto the ball. Like, I mean, you, what do you do there other than just tip your cap? Yep. Um, Be so, glad that you didn't have an ejection for targeting. <laughs> well, yeah. Not yet. We also Not yet. got Not questions yet. on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the – so second half, though, they made some adjustments. A lot of – you know, and I, I'm just saying the same thing that we all saw and the announcers kept saying over and over – but it was very clear that Michigan state was willing to let him take a seven to 10 yard route and yep. not get beat over the top. Yep. And I mean, I'll just point out, we had two picks on the day. Um, one of which was on one of those very routes. Yep. And you and, have to give credit to the secondary there for, for learning, for seeing the pattern, for making their own internal adjustment and picking it off. I mean, I, I, yeah. I give them credit for that. And I don't, you know, it's also worth saying that in, in that time, Again, we'll table some of this, but in that time, we did a lot of bodily damage to um, Derek King because we were getting a pass rush. Yeah, to to a degree. I mean, the guy at least you know took three sacks. He was had to be mobile at times. You know, uh, I was it. It was not fun to watch because it did feel like they were moving at their will, um, but. Also, we got to give a shout out to Chuck Brantley, freshman mm-hmm. uh, of class of 2021, comes out and gets put on Rambo. Goes up against maybe the baddest wide receiver <laughs> that yeah. this team sees until, you know, Ohio yeah. State. Ohio or State, State. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or ever over the course of the year. Maybe maybe Purdue's got a guy. Uh, they've got... Uh, Who knows? Doesn't matter. But either way, Chuck Brantley came in. I mean... He let some passes up, but held his own just fine. Um, Until he was holding his own helmet on the sideline. <laughs> yes. Okay. For a targeting. Um, so I, I will say, though, 
a lot of finger pointing seemed to go towards Ronald Williams, who I know got beat in the Northwestern game. I think Rambo beat every DB other than Xavier Henderson. Yeah. Every single one of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to allow getting beat a time or two. I'm not willing to allow sort of complete misreads that give up touchdowns. You know, I'm just blown blown assignments is a complete different manner here. Sure. Fine. I, I, my, my point is that like, I, I mean, the first, the first big play from Rambo was, uh, um, uh, and not gross. Uh, Kalen Gervin mm-hmm. bit way too hard yeah. on what on that hitch yep. route and just yep. and and just fell because I mean he bit too hard. Like it, it, it was. I'm just saying, guy's good. Yeah, we and we we contained him. Yep. So. Yep. 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 Um. Good last piece of good news, though. We can bring this yeah. back up again. Uh, you know, special teams, Bryce Berenger. Uh, holy shit! Coming into his own, man. <laughs> and do you know why? And do you know what sets him apart the from other kickers in the league? Is it the goggles? It's the mustache. <laughs> it's always been the mustache. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Bryce Berenger five. Does that mean that uh, you you you're punting particularly yes. well right now? Very well. Yeah, very well. Very well. What kind of if Berenger goes down? What kind of eligibility do you have? I you're, have all four years. You ready? You just grab a helmet. And run through the tunnel. That's it. Put me in, coach. I, I got a mustache those, too. I want one of those old helmets that only has the one bar that goes over the front of face. I want that one. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. It's fine. But uh, we all saw the big leg, but five punts, average of 54.6 with a long of 65. Um, two of them inside the 20. I mean, yeah. had a heck of a day. Yeah. Heck we, of a day. We put the ball where we needed it. Uh, Matt Coughlin, on the, the other, other hand, hand <laughs> uh, remains perfect in extra points. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. That's the Point only after. thing that matters. Point 50% after. 50% from the field. and. Ooh. Let's say this though, to Maddie's credit, every I believe every kickoff he's had so far this season has gone out of the end zone. Thank so you are not allowing even the the opportunity for an explosive play on the other side. And I and actually for their the kick returner safety, I'm I'm happy about that. We had that comment last week, but I'll just say this about Coughlin, and this was to my own discredit. His inability to fucking make field goals, which should not be that hard. When what is it, Borigalis, Boragalis? I don't know how he pronounces it. Their yeah, kicker um, had a fifty-five yarder, and I was like, when I saw him lining up, I was like, okay. And then it and it was like the nicest, easiest looking kick I'd seen all day. It was it looked like a point after try. It just was right down the middle, perfect distance. And I thought, oh, Matt Coughlin, you boob. Well, in fair, I, I would say in fairness, uh, that dude's like 30, right? Like he spent his twenties oh. doing tattoos in Bali or whatever. Oh, I read uh, that. Yes. That was a great ESPN. Maddie sees basically yeah. 30 at this point too. So that's not yeah. an excuse. Uh, so let's, uh, let's have a, uh, just a minute, a bigger conversation because this is the first time we're three and oh, for, uh, since 2015. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it feels, despite what some of us might have uh, proclaimed on the podcast preseason, this still feels a little ahead of schedule. So, um, I I will start this by saying, watching the post game interviews with the players, it was interesting to me that how much of how much they were parroting a lot of Coach Tuck's 
language. Yeah. And that they kept talking about the 24 hour rule, which is to say, we get to be happy today, but then, you know, it's on to the next one tomorrow. And which by saying that so often tells me that you're already on to the next one. You're already thinking about Nebraska because, it, you know, it, it just, it, it seems like we're dialed in in a way and bought in in a way that um, feels authentic and important. It does feel authentic. It feels like these wins have been very process driven. Like ah. it's the team is having a plan and executing that plan properly. And then seeing the results of that action taking place. These aren't fluky wins. These aren't, you know, big blowouts against overmatched teams either for the most part. Uh, it's, I mean, these are, these are program wins. These are coaching wins. These are, I mean, can we call them culture wins? They they I, are I mean, culture wins. I mean, we've talked a lot about what, what, um, Tucker is doing in terms of culture setting and culture change. And I think for me seeing some, some film from the locker room when he came in after the game, it, it was sort of like he barely got four or five words out of his mouth and they erupted, you know, because they were just ready for whatever he was going to say. And it was some sort of joke and I don't, I didn't get it, but it was, it was, it. it was over my head. It was over my, I'm not the, he, he said anyone. we took him to the deep end is what he said. Oh, was that what it was? We took him to the yeah. deep end and they lost their minds. And the reaction that they had was more than anything that you saw with D'Antonio. And, and that's not to D'Antonio's discredit. What it's to say is that D'Antonio as a coach, he had that hard gristled look that was like constantly, you know, furrowed brow consternation, not having the time of his life, which is why when he smiled, Everyone lost their shit, but Tucker's a different, uh, it's a different guy. He's got a different way about him. And I think that he's connecting on a deeper, more emotional level with these players. When they make mistakes, you still see him clapping. When they, when they have a blown assignment, you still see him doing the chopping thing with his hands. He's, I'm not to say, not, I, I don't want to, I don't want to draw the comparison like D'Antonio didn't do these things. He did these things in his own way, but, but Tucker is creating a distinct cultural mark about him and this program and these players are eating it up. And if that's the only thing that happens, then then for me, that's the game. But but you can see that it's more than that. You can see it in the way that they're running. You can see it the way that they're playing. You can see it in the way that they're getting touchdowns. You can see it in a three and zero start for the first time in shit seven years. So it, this is this is inc- this is for me the most exciting part of this. It's very exciting. Although I do need to push back a little bit. I mean, D'Antonio locker rooms did have moments like these. I'm reminded of the the rich homie Quan era of the Rose Bowl year and that that kind of stuff. You you saw these videos, but in then. his first season, I don't know. I I can't yeah. recall. Right. Uh, I just remember seeing like fight song uh, hype videos coming out of the uh, the locker room in those early days. Like social media was not the same thing back then. But sure. uh, th- I I completely agree with you though, Plum. That the it's clear that there's buy in from these guys and any of the the team chemistry issues that you might have anticipated with the amount of turnover on this roster. Yes, yes, is not a thing. It's not not a thing right now. It's not there. Yep. Yeah. Um. The, I think also fans might do well sometimes, uh, you know, maybe some of those, uh, super passionate fans who, 
uh, expect we're going to be humbled uh, in the first uh, 10 seconds of the game. And then uh, a lot of swears in front of their boyfriend's mom. It, it was it was interesting to hear Tucker or Walker actually talking about what Tucker said about that. The run game, you know, talking about the plan of the buy in that they're like, you know, it can be one. It can be one. It can be one. It can one one. And then it's pop. Right. Like that. That it all it you know, they were all about we're going to let's go to the fourth quarter. Like, let's go deep into this game. Like, you know, give us the heat. And and I I can I know there's no truth to the notion that you can actually adapt to the heat in the short amount of time that they were trying to adapt to the heat. Like your body can't change physiologically like that. So it is all psychological, and it and it just I, I don't know. I, we can move on from it, but it, it's truly incredible what he's doing there. Yep. Um, so, um, and he wore shorts, and I think we need to talk about that. Yes, let's dedicate the next 10 minutes yeah. to that. Uh, uh, really quick, can, can, let's talk oh. about the coordinators. Uh, Jay Johnson uh, getting some praise ends up all it takes for an offensive coordinator to get praise is to have one of the most <laughs> potent offenses in the country statistically. That's, that's all it takes. Yeah, Jay. so uh, Mel Tucker likes to say great players make great coaches. Uh, that is true probably for Jay. Um. Well, he's putting them in good positions. Uh, yeah. I will say that. Uh, and then Scotty Hazleton, uh, I guess we're going to talk about the defensive secondary a little bit more in Twitter questions, but this whole bend don't break attitude. Um, it's a little bit more bending than previous iterations of this that we've seen. <laughs> MSU fans have been told bend don't break on defense for years this one was that ever really bad. the Narduzzi way, though. Was oh, that it ever was. Th- yes, absolutely, it was. Narduzzi routinely got beat over the top. <laughs> anyway, I, we've I've heard Ben don't break once every year for the last ten years at least. <laughs> so uh, it's just it's just another one of those. Um, any anything uh, other yeah, than I ten have... minutes on Tucker and shorts? Well, uh, I'm gonna, before you get into the shorts, because sartorial pieces notwithstanding. Apparently, my uh, Alex's hot take segment uh, has been cut from the pod this week, which is fine. Given oh. that we have 6,792 questions to take. But I will just say the one I know passion doesn't make a pundit is the name of the, uh, the segment <laughs> the and typing it into the outline in real time. Um, let, let me just make my one my one plea because we haven't covered it here. And I think that there is something to this maybe that is even somewhat rational, which is the penalties. We didn't talk about the penalties today. but this is becoming a problem. Um, 10 penalties for 90 yards, 89 yards. And that's not enough because of that uh, really good punt that came back. I mean, there should the be a roughing the punter call on Malik Carr. Yeah. You know, you had, we had two targeting penalties, really. We got lucky on one, which, okay, we can agree or disagree that it was targeting. I'm happy to say it wasn't. He still left his feet and made a, a challenge there that's, you know, not one that you probably want to see. This is we're you know, this whole Tucker's, I like a aggra- There's a difference between stupid, uncoordinated and aggressive play. Well, you know, I don't know what you call gross and Brantley doing that's aggressive play. That's what that is. And roughing the put- punter. I mean, I understand you're supposed to aim for his feet and that kind of stuff, but I, it, that speed, I don't know. Are they, are they really capable ball. of that? So that's costing us. And the only reason it didn't cost us more was because, uh, Miami had just as many. Yeah. 
So it it but but there will be teams that won't, and we have to figure this out. Someone took to the uh, to our Twitter handle and and advocated for re- leaving Ross Ells uh, in Miami. Uh, does there. anyone want to cop to? That's me. That's me. I'm fine with it. I still maintain. Leave. Let's leave Ross Ells there. Um, I mean, Plum, you're not wrong, but what do you what do you want? They they three dudes got to the punter. Like, do you want him to not try and block the punt? So no, Mel Tucker would chalk that one up problem. as he. I think the problem is that they didn't try to block the punt. They just just lunged at the guy. Lunged right into the punter. So so that's a technique problem. Right? Like, that's a technique problem. Well, but here's the thing. If you can't discern or differentiate between technique and aggression, then I don't want you to do it. There are enough other things you can be doing in that moment than needing to demolish the guy. It's done. And the cost, the trade-off, the opportunity cost to what that represents is not one that I'm ever willing to pay. And as this is not this is not going to be the only time we see this. I mean, that's my only point here. No, yeah, we're winning. Okay, that's great. But I'm just flagging it. I get nervous. I needed to yell at the clouds about something. That's fair. That's fair. I don't disagree that there were a lot of penalty yards in that game. Too many penalty yards. Uh, though Jarrett Horse did not have a penalty, I don't think. Let's see? So, He's improvement. Learning. Improvement. He heard you. Friend of the pod, Jared Horst. Ooh, the earth is healing. Um, No, it was a great victory. Uh, I guess quick, like two words on, uh, are you feeling different about Michigan State than you thought you would at the end of this week? Yeah. Not at all. I called it. I said 8-0. I said we were going to have at least an eight-win season. So I'm, we're already, we're there. It's it's basically, now it's basically guaranteed. Greg, I'm going to hide behind Plum on this one. All right. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, All right. Let's move to basketball because we actually have some news. Tom Izzo famously holding open all the scholarship spots uh, did extend a new offer to a, uh, a, a potential commit for the class of 2022. And indeed Jackson Kohler, a six, nine, two fifty power forward, um, did commit to Michigan state just a couple hours ago uh, at the time that we record. He's a four star uh, number 67 composite player. Um, Greg, what do you know about his game from all of the film that you've digested? Uh, I'm familiar with uh, that. He's white and that people are questioning whether or not he can dunk even at six, nine. Um, <laughs> I don't, apparently on his highlight film, there's not a lot of dunking that goes on. Listen, this is a Izzo player in the Izzo four star mid hundreds mold. Like this is get, get used to Jackson Kohler listeners. Cause he's going to be contributing to the team for a long time in a way that might at times make you pull your hair out. And then I'm sure by the time he's a junior or a senior, you're going to love him. So but Jackson Kohler's offer list, not shabby. Yeah, good. Uh, Iowa, Nebraska, USC, Oklahoma. Uh, who else does he got on here? BYU, who cares? Illinois, Kansas, uh, Utah, Washington. Yeah. Uh, not bad. About what you would expect from the number 67 composite player. That sounds right. Yeah, sounds the right. Kansas one was a, that was nice. Um, anyway, uh, big pickup. We've got a big man now that was needed. So get excited. Uh, all right. Uh, take a break. Before history is written, 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, let's head off Grand River. Uh, We have only one topic that I think is worth mentioning here because Sports Illustrated is reporting. Are they Sports Illustrated still or is it just SI now? Who knows? They might as well just be called garbage. (laughs) Uh, Well, they are reporting that the NCAA is, at least for a one time, changing the football signing limit um, per class, which is to say that if you have traditionally it's or not traditionally the rule is that if you you can only sign 25 players per class the many coaches have complained that but we're losing people to the transfer portal Mm -hmm. uh so they're allowing a one time you can replace up to seven players who have left for the transfer portal bringing your max signing class to 32 this is an interesting development i think guys because if you were Mel Tucker last year, uh, I think he takes advantage of this. This is an interesting development to the SEC, who just learned that you couldn't take 32 players. In a... <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's a little bit of a dated reference. That doesn't exactly happen the same way anymore. But that, ugh. Remember those oversigning years? Yeah. Bananas. At the time. But they do it a little bit still. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um. I mean, all of this transfer portal stuff, especially with the extra COVID year, it's throwing out, it's throwing all of these systems out of whack. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah. Plum, you got any thoughts? I don't. I don't have any thoughts on this. Great. I just don't care about them. I think it's kind of, is it for this upcoming class? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of late for that. Oh, maybe it's 23s. Maybe it is 23s then. I would, if I were a coach, I'd almost rather like three and a half now, three and a half later. And like, oh, I see what you're I saying. Determine it's, it's uh, anyway, I, I think people are probably uh, nervous and realizing how well Tucker has done with the portal and are realizing they need to have some insurance. I think it's all because of Tucker. Tucker mm-hmm. has cometh. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Tucker, I think, commented after the Northwestern game that. Like he's like, people are probably watching to see if we could pull this off. Mm. So yeah, I think everyone tries to pull it off. And, uh, I think, I mean, I think they're still going to try. <laughs> if you succeed. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of Kenneth walkers coming out of that portal. I think we got no. very lucky. Well, actually, you know, I think plum, you might've asked about this. Why, why we didn't get better DBs. I hate to like go back in time. But I got to believe that sort of talent positions like that, your running backs and your wide receivers, there's probably better pickups to be had there than just sort of athlete positions. Yeah. Not to be and dismissive. Also, Ronald is a Alabama transfer, you know? Yeah. So. Chester Kimbrough is a Florida transfer. Uh-huh. So. They're trying. They're trying. All right. Let's, Speaking uh, of things, people yep. that are trying. Scotty. Scotty Frost. Let's preview Nebraska. Greg, what do we got? Uh, so I have, uh, I watched the first game of the season, uh, the first 
Big Ten game of the season, Nebraska versus Illinois. And I took away from that that Nebraska was one of the worst football teams ever assembled. <laughs> Since then, they've started putting it together a little bit better. In fact, a very hard-fought uh, good loss in Norman this week, uh, losing 23-16 to Oklahoma. Um, like I alluded to earlier, uh, what we saw with Derek King on Saturday from Miami is a lot like what uh, Nebraska uh, quarterback Adrian Martinez attempts to do. So he is probably going to rush slightly less than he's going to attempt passes. Um, and the rushing has got to be can- contained. Um that's a, that's going to be a big part of this game. Now he is getting a little bit better throwing the ball. He's in about the 70% completion range. If you remove how terrible the Illinois game was where he was just sailing balls all over the place. Also, for some reason that I can't understand having watched that Illinois game, he's only thrown one interception this season. So (laughs) their passing attack is, is fine. I would say it's the strength of the offense right now, which is strange. Um, and they're doing a pretty good job of, of spreading it around. They've got about five guys that they spread the ball around to pretty well. The offensive line though, for Nebraska is not doing a great job. In fact, they gave up five sacks to Oklahoma. So when you look at how well the MSU defensive line graded out against Miami, and then you look at the fact that the Nebraska offensive line gave up five sacks, that might bode well for the Spartans. So that that is the offensive preview. Uh, guys, anything that you wanted to contribute to that uh, before we move on to the Nebraska defense? No, I'm just looking at uh, at their uh, rushing stats from the Oklahoma game, and he even with the even if you take the sacks away, yeah. he still had more rushing attempts than their running back. Yep, that is the way. <laughs> that is the system. Which, their running back was not good at running the ball either. I mean, wow. This I mean, is going to be fun. I'm this kind of half expecting Adrian Martinez to walk out of Spartan Stadium Sunday Broken. morning. It <laughs> looking very similar to Derek King. Um, and they, they don't have Rambo. Uh, they've got some wide receivers, but they don't have Rambo. Yeah. Um, the defense is... A, a little bit for for Nebraska. Um, I don't know where you want to put them. I'm not sure that they know where they want to put them. Um, but the the defense is is okay. Oklahoma yard, averaged about five yards per carry on 194 yards, but they're a heavy rushing team. Um, but the the Nebraska defense was better in that last game. They they basically kept Oklahoma out of big chunk yardage plays. So um, hopefully MSU can move the ball. Kenneth Walker gets some rushes in. Uh, Speedy Naylor, we didn't even touch on that. All of a sudden his name is Naylor? Speedy Naylor? Did, is this like a thing? You didn't know that? I mean, I'm sure they call him Speedy, but like... It's like the the announcers, you know how like Rocket Watts' first name isn't actually Rocket? They were like oh. treating him that way. Anyway, that's, it was odd. That's just poor. That's just poor announcing. But uh, Spencer Rattler put some yards up, though, on, on Nebraska. Yeah. 214. Yeah. Put up some. Put, yeah. put, put, up, put up a little bit. Put up, put up, 
242. <laughs> Please do that 14. Good. Thank you. Here's what's most important for Nebraska. Special teams. Okay? Nebraska special teams missed two field goals. They had an extra point blocked. And they just were garbage on returns. Like, just awful. Like, some of the worst special teams in the Big Ten uh, coming out of Nebraska right now. So, I... What's the line on this game coming out of uh, Vegas right now? Is it MSU by three? Yeah, which is just insulting. I'm surprised by that. I'm very surprised by that. They're really like leaning hard on that 52-7 victory over Fordham that Nebraska has apparently. Big win. They all count one. Hey, you know, 50-60 doesn't matter. You know, that's that's a monster win and it gets you ranked. He lost to Burt Bielema. <laughs> Who I haven't heard anything from since. What's Illinois been up to? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. This is, it's now a night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're striping the stadium. Uh, Mel Tucker pretty much made the call uh, to, to Spartan fans that Nebraska has a history of traveling incredibly well. Uh, he would like them to not have that opportunity. So, well, let's look at, let's see what uh, the Seat Geek uh, secondary market has for this game. Oh, okay. Okay. Plum, where are you to just murder him on this one? I don't want good things to happen to you, I guess is what I'm saying because of that. I don't know <laughs> if that's helpful or unhelpful. Um, I don't know. But I will say that I can't wait for this game. I've always kind of liked corn and <laughs> this team is going to be the corn in my poop. That's the corn that this team will be. And yes. I can't wait to poop them out. That's yeah. so, so beautiful. Thank I you. hate that that made it onto the podcast. Uh, we can cut that in post. Um, all right, let's head to Twitter questions. And I will say, uh, so we've got a couple things to say. I made a boo-boo when I sent out the request because Oops. I try and change words. Oh. And it said takes and questions. So if you send in a take, it's probably been rephrased as a question. It'll work well for comedic effect. Um, or because we didn't have nine hours to get through these all. We have just didn't answer yours. And I want to encourage anyone whose question we or take we don't get to this week to take it personally. Because it was personal. We vetted each of these. We spent, we spent, well, I spent two hours myself this afternoon determining who I wanted to discriminate against. So, all right. But we did actually have the most participation in Twitter questions that maybe we've ever had with several new, uh, new folks chiming in. And thank you. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but welcome uh, if you have not. And uh, if you have and you've just been lurking in the shadows, you know. Get on the dance floor. Let's do this. Um, so let's start, as alluded to, with the defensive secondary. And we've got three separate questions uh, that we're going to start this off with. First, from Sad MSU Fan, please defense, discuss defensive scheme and secondary slash DBs. <laughs> uh, next, from at David TVF, with the defense is still defense is still learning, question mark. That's added from me. With so many new pieces back in the back seven, they are still adjusting to knowing the scheme together. And once they do, they will be let loose. Question. Let loose. Uh, and last from Mike T. Walsh. Will our secondary get better? Why did it take so long for them to adjust? We need the no-fly zone back or something similar. So, uh, Greg, 
start us off with what did you think of the scheme as designed by Scotty Hazelton and company? Uh, I mean, this is this is not an X's and O podcast. It uh, is not. New listeners, we got to throw that in there. Uh, but here's what I'll say about the scheme. The idea, I believe, here was don't allow the big chunk play wherever possible. So they, you know, Miami had this well-known difficulty of scoring once they got into the red zone. We saw a little bit of that on Saturday and had a huge amount. So the like idea, a worky team. Yeah, the idea is let them operate in between the two 20-yard lines and then squeeze them a little bit into uh, field goals. And and they got less than that a lot of the time. Um, Most, yeah. The the I mean uh, I think you got to say though Charleston Rambo is is a problem for any team yeah and the, the the staff clearly didn't know what to do with him just throwing bodies at that guy trying to figure out who can guard him including true freshmen from Florida so in terms of the scheme um, I mean it, did they perform as well as the linebackers did did they perform as well as the defensive uh, line did no. But did they generally stop Miami from scoring at will? Yeah, absolutely. So it it's a question mark. It's something that we already knew was a problem. It's one of the few areas of this team that has not magically just kind of come together through three games, like the offensive line has, like the linebacking core has to a lesser degree. Um, but it, you know... They're, they're trying to make it work. They got some dudes back there. They're trying to figure out who's who. And Xavier Henderson can't be everywhere at all times. Yeah. Which I think, again, graded out as like the number one safety in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also add, just sad MSU fan and, and those who are who are maybe doing a little hand wringing. Um, we have uh, we have Scotty Hazleton as our defensive coordinator, of course, who came from Kansas state where he put together one of the best defenses in the big 12. And you may say, Oh, they don't play defense in the big 12. Well, Kansas state kind of did. Um, then, uh, we have the same guy coaching our defensive backs that we've always had coaching our defensive backs. So, at least since Mark D'Antonio. So, you know, in Harlan Barnett, we trust, right. Mm-hmm. And Mel Tucker of the Saban tree of defensive coaches, a defensive backs coach under Nick Saban, a defensive back himself, a D coordinator who's won a national championship. Like, I, you know, it may not be what we all love right now, but they literally turned that entire position group over. Yeah. Yep. With the exception of three guys, there were there was one in in the spring. There was one scholarship cornerback on the team, so. Just, no fly zone didn't happen overnight. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just give it a minute. Um, but I, I, to David's point, I, I do think this defense probably gets more interesting as the cornerbacks get better. Um, and, uh, to Mike T Walsh's, I, I guess I would just say it, I, it's just going to be a little bit different and it will get better. Have faith. So, uh, relatedly plum, how many years will the defensive scheme take off? Ev Marie 24's life because she feels like it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it will be, sis. I definitely lost. humbled. Humbled. I was humbled and my lifespan was humbled a bit and will be by the end of the season to be sure. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be good, but it's okay because this is the life that we live, and we should be grateful for it. We can score points, so that's it's good. It. That's Speaking it. of the life that we live, uh, Plum every also asks, how do we keep uh, KW three at MSU for another year? Should we start a GoFundMe? He's not going anywhere. Just like Barry Sanders was loyal to a fault to Wayne Fonts, and look what that did for him. So too will Kenneth Walker the third be loyal to uh, Mel Tucker and in this Michigan State program. You will graduate in four years, and that will be. Lovely for him, at which time he will make gobs and gobs of money, but he will see us through to a national championship next year. <laughs> Honestly, though, if we reached out to KW3 to tweet about our podcast, yes. and we just sort of crowdfunded mm-hmm. that, how yeah, much money send, do you think we could funnel him? Everyone send us the money, yeah. and then yeah, we'll just we collect send it, it <laughs> and then we'll send it to him. Yes, we will. Don't worry about it. We promise. Yeah. We promise to. Uh Last, um, we've already uh, got anchor cash, we don't need any more. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. Anchor, anchor, they're anchor bucks. Uh, is the take that quote KW3 has been so good in the first three weeks because defenses didn't know how to prepare for him? End quote, accurate or a bad take slash disrespect? I'm, I'm calling bad, bad take at this point. Yeah, like, I think so too. I, there's plenty of tape on him, he was a yeah. dude last year, yeah. yeah. I, maybe that's the case against Northwestern. Maybe, but they, they were uh, it's their job. not the case anymore. He's just good. He, he's doing a job and he's doing it well. How much can you prepare for? Uh, next up is at wide receiver to combo guard with a take turn to a question. Uh, eight wins is not only achievable but likely. Question mark. Oh, Plum. That's Thank this you. is your music that's Thank getting you. played. Finally, folks are saying it. I don't, you know, I, I, I know I'm an early adopter of most things, but I shouldn't have to be an early adopter for good takes on this Spartan football team. And more people need to be standing with me. You know, that's what I'm going to say. It, it got lonely for a minute. Yeah, I will say six does not seem likely anymore. So I think it's going to be higher than that. Correct question. Does the Coke taste better with the cane tears in it? <laughs> the, oh. the cocaine. <laughs> This is very good, wide receiver to combo guard. Oh, this is the coming out party for your questions. Yeah, the wordplay. I like it. Find us in the summer when the power rankings come back. Almost as much as I like the cocaine. Oh, God, my God. Uh, Next up from wide receiver to combo guard is Thorne cementing. This is a good question. Is Thorne cementing himself uh, as a next year's starter? We've got some guys coming in. It sure seems like Thorne might be blossoming into something, right? Uh, oh, yeah. yes. This blossoming is, abs- is for sure the verb. This is a... you. All right. Uh, what? This seems like Twitter hot takes have shown up in our questions here. Like, Thorne has well established himself as the starter at this point. Yep. Uh, next up, E-Man Sinner. Uh, why doesn't anyone talk about the fact that Miami's logo is a U? Yeah. Why is that just up. accepted? It makes no sense. Talk about can't read, can't write. They've got a they got a point. Who who can argue with that? And what looked great was when uh was it Naylor or Reed who had the touchdown and then did the U and then immediately flipped it upside down. That was nice. I, loved, I loved the upside down U for the turnover chain, and it was just oh. turned over on the graphic. That graphic was fantastic. Uh, next up from Eman Center, giving up 300 yards passing, but no deep balls and low scoring. Uh, this uh, question mark that did happen. Uh, defensive backs got ripped on Twitter all day. I'm equally guilty. Question mark. You are. 
What made this such a great defensive day wasn't because of our staunch defense, but because of the first time in years, the D bent, but did not break question mark. Yep. Agree or disagree. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what we're, we've been saying. All the fretting and it's was 17 points, which was only four points more than Bama gave up. All of the fretting. And finally for me, man center, uh, Miami brought some heavy blitzes all game. Thorne did manage to adjust to them after his third sack. However, I am concerned that we never really punish Miami for these blitzes by throwing a deep ball. Do you think it's play calling O-line? Why didn't the counter? Why didn't we counter them deep? I think there There's was not time. There's yeah. not time. I mean, there was a really good uh, dump off pass to counter Hayward in particular. Yeah. That was a result of, of these uh, aggressive play calls by Miami. So I, I think the counters were called just not deep ball counters. Well, and, and you saw long passes. I mean, they weren't, I guess, maybe traditional deep, but they won was a touchdown. So, I mean, he had, he did enough. He did enough. And, and I think that that's the responsiveness that we want. So they're coming after you fast. You think fast. If thinking fast gets us a solution, even if it's not a deep ball, fine. Now, I know I'm, I'm assuming that Jay Johnson and crew covered this at halftime and they elected to keep working the strategy after whatever other Justin said. Speaking of the strategy, we haven't even discussed the fact that, I mean, the staff, slit the throat in the fourth quarter like d'antonio with three minutes oh, God, left yeah oh my would God. have been like all right how many knees can i get 14 knees in here and get out of here with a two-point victory uh and, and this, this this is becoming a theme of like go for the jugular all the time yeah this it's relentlessness like, it's but see when you say go for the jugular it implies that he has an animus and that's not it at all and i don't think that you're meaning yeah, that, but, no that's no that's right that's fair that's fair that's, because, that's a good point because it's not that I think his point to these guys is you don't quit. You don't know when and how you're not quitting will net a dividend for you. So work your ass off. And they have been. And it's, I, I have an animus towards you because the podcast is called can't read, can't write. Okay. That's on me. So who says animus? Uh, I also, you know, I, I to Eman Sanders uh, question, I, those deep balls seem to come later in the game. And it seemed to be, I, I think the point is you had to hit with the quick strikes to keep the, the linebackers honest because those sacks came when they were blitzing the hell out of that offensive line. So um, it was an, it was a quick adjustment and I think it set up, you know, more balance as the game went on. Uh, next up, Elon Bloom. Will Thorne leave early for the NFL next year? Well, uh, they out here talking about how he's going to lose his job, so maybe he should. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's – does he have NFL size? I don't think he he's does. He's not going to the NFL. Yeah, he's going to be a great college quarterback. If he can if he can Kirk Cousins him, himself into, like, you know, all that money, good for him. Yeah, I don't for sure, for sure. You got to have those intangibles, though, Thorne. Next up for Elon Bloom, guys, uh, who will win the Big Ten East? This one – it feels open. That's the yeah, that's why the answer is that's why the answer is so easy. It's an Did easy you guys, answer. Uh, Michigan State. It rhymes with Michigan bait. Yeah, that's right. The the idea that that sounds like a like an insult the way that you did it. <laughs> the idea that that feels Michigan theoretically <laughs> even theoretically possible right now is weird well, i don't know it's not going to be michigan so take them out of consideration just because they'll manage to shoot themselves in both feet well before they even get close i do think there's a real possibility that ohio state figures this all out and you know they're back to being five-star you so all right whatever uh 
After Walker, last question for me, Lynn Bloom. After Walker, who's the highest uh, draft player out of this Michigan State class? Ooh, great question. Um, Henderson? Henderson is a is a great choice. Um, I mean, Jay Reed? Yeah, I was going to say Reed. We we don't have to stick with the skill players, though. We can look at the lines. I mean, a horse? There's probably Matt Coughlin, I guess. Uh, let's go with Henderson. Henderson seems like a great choice for this. I just feel hesitant after both Antoine Simmons and um, Shakur Brown tested so poorly at Pro Day. Yeah. Uh, oh, John Hubbard uh, heard me earlier ask simply, quote, speedy Naylor, question mark? It's not yeah, my favorite. It's, it's not I mean, it's favorite. it's his nickname amongst the team, though. Sure. That's but what we, they call him. And and they refer to him this in an endearing way. Again, for me, culture. If that's what they're saying, I'm saying it. And I love it if they love it. They love it. I love it. It's been his nickname since his freshman year. That's so, it. The end. A bunch of guys have nicknames. It doesn't mean that the commentators are using them during the broadcast. Yeah, but it fits a narrative for them. Like, I mean, you know why they do it on the broadcast. I know. I just, I don't even... Anyway, next up from John Hubbard. Uh, do you think Kenneth Walker has a legitimate shot at a Heisman campaign? And what will it take for that to become a real thing? All right, quick plug. Uh, you can actually go to the Nissan uh, Heisman voting thing and select your fan choice. But he's not on there. So you have to do a write-in for him and he's there. Like you can, you know, you go to your team and then you, so anyone who wants to find that and do that, that's a, a thing you can do. Y'all foolish uh, Nissan. I'm never buying a Nissan ever again. But Ken Walker, uh, do, how many wins do we have to get to before he becomes a real conversation? It's a great that? question. And one that I bet Garvert actually has the answer to offhand. Uh, what's the losing team to actually have a Heisman winner? I'm going to guess it's something like 10. 10 uh so wait no 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 no. i'm sorry how to to just have a be in the conversation oh to be in the conversation eight all right so we gotta get to eight wins undefeated eight wins for him to get in the conversation sure undefeated okay. eight. all right eight wins puts him in a position where he can be in new york 10 wins gives him a chance to actually win it. Okay. Okay. That's what All I'm right. saying. I'm, I'm yep. guessing something like that. All right. Who's next? Uh, next up from uh, John Hubbard. The nation is learning what we have known for a long time. That Tuck is indeed coming. When will Tuck arrive? I like this. The, like the very literal interpretation of uh, Tuck coming. It is a thing. When do we, when do we start seeing Tuck came? Mm. Once we win the Big Ten this year, yeah, we or, have to start budgeting the use of Tuck coming. Also, this is a or is it just a thing that, that you tell people podcast. before a game, mm. like Tuck's coming? Oh, and then he and then he cometh. Yeah, he cometh. Next up from Mike Jones: uh, Does Oklahoma suck, or do we have <laughs> something real to worry about with it Nebraska is. this weekend? Adding, I don't think Martinez is in near the passer. King is D did, did a great job keeping King in check on the ground. We, yeah. we replace you with another Mike Jones. To yeah. Do yeah. yeah might as well. Yeah. Uh, this is essentially just a much clearer, much more uh, concise version of my. So of one my thing about Adrian Martinez, game. that's different than Derek King though. Adrian Martinez is not coming off of an ACL meniscus surgery. 
that w- he rushed back from. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, 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 King but, doesn't have the wheels that s- seemingly that he used to have. It, but he's I not as explosive. I want to go back to the question, though. I, I think Oklahoma probably does suck. I mean, they may be thir- they third in the Three. AP. Yeah. Um, but you know, what, what it pulls me, look at an idiot, Nicole Auerbach, well-known for her dumb takes, thinks Michigan's a top 10 program. So really she's, she's a Wolverine. It's fine. Okay. It just, but even so, I wouldn't say Michigan state's a top 10 program. They're a top one program. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, no, I mean, Oklahoma really doesn't suck that bad, but you know what? Even a broken clock's right twice a day. I think Nebraska finally had a fair performance and uh, they'll fall apart this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is something to be concerned about. I mean, MSU is not going to run away with this one necessarily. However, a lot of stamp that comment, a, a lot of what the defense did against King, if they could replicate that against Martinez, they're going to have a good yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Keep them contained with it. The edges did a great job. That'll be great. Um, Next up from Mike Jones, uh, Clay Helton was fired this week from USC. Who's the next we big know. program to pull the plug on a coach? Did we break Miami? Could it be Manny Diaz? Norvell at Florida State? Question mark. Frost at Nebraska? Question mark. So it's not going to be Norvell, right? They just they just bought out their coach, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, tombstones for Mel Tucker possible this year. Manny Diaz, Jim Harbaugh, uh, what's his face at Purdue? Um, and, uh, who else is on the potential chopping block? I mean, Frost. Oh yeah. And Frost. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Frost. So those are all people he could, he could be putting a nail in the coffin of this year. Um, I know it doesn't look like that for Michigan right now, but you know, they haven't, they've only played Mac teams so far. So, um, Mac champs, Mac champs. Uh, so I don't know. Um, uh, I suspect it's, I suspect it's Frost. Yeah, I don't know if Frost is making it out of this season. Yeah. And this is in a depleted Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is bad it's this year. Bad. It's I mean, Iowa and bad. I suspect what happens is that Iowa embarrasses the hell out of Nebraska. Yeah. Um, and that's when Frost gets can't do it. Because I think they play... Ooh, yeah, it's the last game of the season. Yep. That would make sense. I just uh, don't really think Nebraska is going to do anything to save Frost's job this year. No. And the writing is on the wall. No, and their crossover. <laughs> oh, <laughs> their crossover games are us, mm-hmm. Michigan, and Ohio State. <laughs> At least you miss Penn State. At least you don't, you know, have that demoralizing loss to the Butger, Miss Frost. Oh, God. Bye, Scott. All right. Next up, uh, first-time questioner, Eric Ozanic. I'm going to go with Ozanic. Sounds good. Eric, let us know the pronunciation. Send it to us phonetically. Sound it out for us. uh, Ask, the line isn't out yet as I write this, but will Vegas overcorrect and make Nebraska a 14-plus point dog? Uh, So Uh, far, no. What's it out by now? Three. Still at three? I mean, it opened oh. at three. Is it still at three? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't keep track on this stuff. You can look, but uh, they didn't, and it was uh, disrespect season. Um, all right, Plum. This is for you. I'm hoping you saw this picture. 
Have you ever traveled to a game to watch two teams you don't root for, one of whom you claim isn't your real rival, only to look <laughs> foolish on national television as it's being broadcast, asking for a friend? I truly don't know what it is about Michigan fans where they have to have that posture, that like... Surrender Cobra? Surrender Cobra. What is that? And why is it always when we're doing well? It is as if they have deluded themselves into thinking that every year they beat us. I mean, it's like they can't imagine a, a world where Michigan State performs well, and they're just absolutely astonished and befuddled. I think it's great. I think it is absolutely also, great. Can you imagine how insecure you would have to be to be like, I'm going to this game, but I want to make sure that no one mistakes me for anything but a Michigan yes. fan. It's yes. just the level of insecurity. It was a, it was a long sleeve shirt in Miami. My yeah. friend, are you okay? Also, I've been no, to so not. many MSU uh, away and neutral site games where I have seen these types of Michigan fans, and every time I do, I'm just like, couldn't you just wear regular Nothing. clothes? Yeah. Um, no, because I played out of state tuition, and I think it's really important that people know that's where I went. <laughs> Go blue. <laughs> All right, next up uh, from Eric is the Big Ten East, the best division in college football. I phrased that as a question, but it's also my take. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Eric, I love you. That's great. Uh, I, I'm i not actually willing to commit to this because it may just be the Big Ten East is not as dominant as we once thought it was, and, and the floor may be a little bit higher than we once thought. Well, if if all we get out of that though is better competition, then then so be it. And then I think his question still is right. I mean, in in that respect, you can define best division in a number of ways. I don't, what is what is Alabama? Are they East or West in the SEC? Uh, the West. They probably are the West. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, so what is it? Wins as a national championship. I mean, however you cut the metric, but I think competition is what probably really matters here. And the Big Ten East is incredibly exciting and fun to watch. Pretty competitive to right now. Football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, next up, John Ebby. Ebby, we haven't landed on a pronunciation. Uh, how does Miami stack up against the powerhouse programs uh, that the Jay Ira and Nikki Harris football team have uh, dominated this year? That is, of what? course, the University of Michigan. Oh, is it's, that it's, like the, the it, presenting family of the – of yeah, the team. Look, real sponsors are, uh, you know, Peter Secchia and wife. <laughs> the, the good, the good Can ambassador, just... Peter Secchia, <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Peter J. Secchia, the ambassador, Esquire. The, like, yeah, he's the worst. The honorable. Can I just who, you know, if you're going to go to the trouble of first initialing and then Ira J or Ira. And you're going to allow your wife, I mean, such as that phrase is used. No, no, to, lean to be, in into that phrase. To be, lean into what he's allowing his wife, his to, wife do. to do. Well, maybe just then have the dignity, Nicole, to just use Nicole, unless your birth name really is Nikki. But then, oh, my God, on a, yeah. or on a building ending with an I. Oh, ah! not a building. That's just the team name. Oh, that's, that's the, the team, team name. Well, they have to have it somewhere. I mean, it's on some plaque somewhere. Look, it's we on, can't all be presented by Rocket Orange. I think that's the I point. Guess. It's on letterhead somewhere, and yeah. it's embarrassing. Uh, right. Next and next up from Taylor Anderson. Just, we didn't answer the question, but Miami stacks up fine. Yeah, just fine. Uh, despite whatever they're claiming. Taylor Anderson's next. Uh, what mental gymnastics will the Detroit media go through to discredit our win and give credit to the team in Ann Arbor for their big win today? And should we care? Who cares? Yeah, who, who cares? cares? It's a tale as old as time. Plum could sing it better than I. Mm. Uh, a little later. Bum, bum. 
Do we think it's the DB play or the scheme itself causing us to give up way too many yards to the air? Again, from Taylor Anderson, we've addressed this. I think the scheme reflects the personnel. So it's the DB play. Yeah. yeah. DB Cooper, who jumped out of an airplane. Like, you got Darquez here. I don't think the scheme's the same. And now we know, uh, Plum, that actually that was Loki from, uh, you know, from the Marvel Universe. There you go. Loki was DB Cooper. Oh! Uh, mm Cannon. Cannon. It's Cannon. Next up from Taylor Anderson. Will Kenneth Walker rush for a thousand yards this season? He seems to think he has a chance. Uh, How many yards does he have already? Yeah. He's like halfway there. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he's going to rush for a thousand yards for sure. He will absolutely hit a thousand yards. You might, it it might be the better question. No offense, Taylor Anderson. What game does he hit a thousand yards at? Or even a better question. Why hasn't he hit a thousand yet? Honestly, If they had ran him 27 times against Youngstown State, he would have. Do, do you think it's possible? <laughs> all right. Next up, Nick Kamansky. Which all right. So we're gonna give we're gonna give some breath to our uh, our Wolverine fans after those series of questions. Oh, good. Uh, which three and a head? Th- I like this. Which three and O head coach has done a better <laughs> job this year? Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh, or Brady Hope? Someone should hire this Brady Hope guy down at San Diego State. Going for a gutsy two pointer. On a Philly special, did you guys see that? No, no. triple overtime goes for runs the Philly special. Uh, it was it was a great victory. I'm a flea flicker fan myself. The flea yeah. flicking fan kind of guy. <laughs> uh, could but, we could we just say good for Jim Harbaugh? Can we, I, I mean, we I that. I think no. all I know is that only one of these programs was picked to be one of the ten worst in the country this year. Fair. And suddenly is ranked in the AP poll. Mm. That's true. Mm. Um, next up, will Michigan or Michigan State be ranked higher on October 30th? The answer is Michigan, right? Uh, yeah. Well, they yeah. have a... Having nothing to do with the schedule or results. Yeah, for sure. For sure, correct. They they have Rutgers this week. Their first Big Ten game. Oh, they they've got to go Even through... when they win, they'll definitely be top 10 after that. They've got to go through Wisconsin before this game, I believe. Oh, that has been their bugaboo for the last couple of years. <laughs> bugaboo. If not us, them. Um, last up from Nick. Are you planning to watch The Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime in November? I've already seen it, Nick. I'm in it. Wow. Great. Love that. I am. Uh, all right. Uh, moment in time for a serious conversation from CTNTC. Would you change the targeting rule? And I'll just add, I think a lot of people think the ejection is a, is too harsh of a penalty. Plum, we'll come to you last. It does. It does seem to just get called for incidental contact of the crown of the helmet. I, I don't think that most of the times that I see it get called and I see players get ejected that they were doing so deliberately so i i think it needs to be changed i don't think it's having the intended effect so uh uh counterpoint would be that there are certain behaviors that you're trying to eliminate from the game so you know i feel bad that chuck branley got ejected uh from the game but the reality is that just because you're low man doesn't mean your head can't be up and that's what his head should have been Leaving your feet is not a thing that they want people to be doing in the game anymore. So that's why it's an automatic indicator for a targeting penalty. I, these are unsafe moves that they're trying to eliminate from the game. And ultimately it's a incredibly violent game that is not good for your body. 
And so even if there's a small thing that they can do to disincentivize truly terrible behavior, then I think they should continue to do it. Plum, what say you? That's right. I'm I'm with you on that one. I think um, to Greg's point around, it's not having the intended change. You can't say that uh, because it it most certainly is having that impact. There certainly are players who aren't making challenges because they know it will be penalized in a certain way. And because they're not making that challenge, you're not seeing it. So you can't prove the negative there, but I think you can show, um, and I don't have the statistic in front of me, but someone Mm. I'm sure will look it up Mm. that, um, you know, targeting penalties, the penalty themselves, notwithstanding the number of injuries, the number of head, you know, head injuries and those things, I think we will see in time. Uh, if we haven't already seen it, those will continue to, to it to does seem down. like concussion stuff is a little bit down. Yeah. And I, and I think to that point, you know, this is, this is not just because it's incredibly dangerous to the opponent. It's also dangerous to you. And, yeah. um, and so I think that's, that's where that, that's where it's there. I don't think it should be changed. I didn't feel bad that Brantley got ejected. Brantley, don't be a fuck. Don't do that shit. Don't leave your feet. And I'd say the same thing to Gross. Brant- Brantley wasn't the one who left his feet. He wasn't. Brantley just got Brantley got too low and didn't keep his head up. Well, we'll call it technique. And I was pissed yeah. when we no, had it's, it's, that too. But it, that's, it's technique. That's it, it's going to take a decade of this for it to be taught at a, a very low age, level sure. and and to be. I mean, that's the reality yeah. of this. Yeah. So well, I know I, I know people don't like the ejections. It's rough, but. I, I, you, it's serious. I mean, it's really serious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next up, CTNTC. None of MSU opponents have a win over a P5 team. What are some fall activities you enjoy with friends and family? Well, I, I like to watch um, real football teams play real competitive games. Yeah. I enjoy a good rousing Mac game personally. Oh, I, I would like as many FCS games as I can get in a season. In fact, I like I would love <laughs> as, as, just hundreds of them. Hundreds of, of like, just love them, love them. Stack them uh, up every every non conference season. Why not? Next up from CT and TC, the last time Michigan State was ranked, they proceeded to lose five straight games by an average of twenty four points. What's your favorite holiday? I like I like the holidays where we uh, where MSU enters the the rankings after they've earned them instead of all this preseason garbage that shouldn't exist. Personally, yeah, I, would, I enjoy I New Year's Eve where we go to a college football playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, though, I'm still just basking in, in the light of a Big Ten championship game appearance, and it's just too much. It's too hard. Much. It's hard. But but you wouldn't know anything about that, CT. Um, until then, <laughs> the could, joke! You, you can't could, just say the joke! If, if you could just change your Twitter profile picture to you doing the... Uh, the surrender Sad cobra, <laughs> surrender <laughs> cobra. We would all appreciate it. It would be more more fitting and in line with what you will look like on October thirtieth. So hi ho, kisses and love. Do you Next guys up. remember early in the podcast when we would try to be like we had editorial standards and we were like we'll refer to the MSU football team as them? That's so far gone. <laughs> nope. Uh, Plum does not recall this at all. Nope. Uh, he's had zero discussions. standards. Uh, next up, Spartan eighteen seventy seven zero. The heat, the heat Saturday took five years off my life. Question mark. Maybe. Thank you for being there. That's all I'm going to say. That those are five years better spent in yeah. the heat supporting this team than it would be at eighty four years old with dementia. So yeah, I mean, think if we had the shade, we would have crushed them by correct. the way. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, Spartan. 80, 18, 770. I would just point out those are five years off the end of your life. And that's not fun. 
Those yep. aren't good years. Anyway. My first years. Uh, next up from Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. No opponent in our schedule can stop this MSU offense. Yeah. Correct? True. Uh, question mark? True. Uh, spot the lie. I, d- uh, I agree. Next from Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. Great call on Hunkamania. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. I'm glad you went. I hope you went to the hotel gathering as well. Good for you. I hope all of you and your friends had it. You know, statistically speaking, at least one of our MSU Spartan football players also went to one of those wonderful places that I suggested last week. So what, what I think it's one? great. I hope they had their ones. I Le hope Bear. They, Le yeah, Le Bear. I hope they all let their hair down. <laughs> Hotel Gathering was truly my favorite, truly though. my favorite, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, uh, returning, uh, Tech Jensen. Back in the fold, Tech. Hey, do we Do we have a good football team? Yes. Seems like it. Maybe. Indicators. Uh, QED. QED? Yeah, the 3 and 0, QED. Let's demonstrate. I'm sorry. Cut this. No, 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 no. Just stay on it. I don't, you know, can't read, can't write over here. Yeah. I'm going way over my head. Uh, <laughs> do we have a good basketball team from Tech Jansen? Uh, find out. TBD. Yeah. I, I do love that there was a clip that came out of uh, uh, Gabe Brown, you know, coming off the three-point line and just dunking. Um, I, I'd point out it was against Davis Smith. Um, so there's that. And I would point out that we know you can do that, Gabe. We want you to do that more do often. Do it all the time. Like <laughs> I'm tired of seeing practice clips of Gabe Brown dunking because, God. <laughs> also, rebound... All right, I can't. I can't right now. I can't wait for basketball season. It 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 shaves five years off my life. Uh, last up from Tech Jensen. What are the odds that MSU and U of M are playing as two undefeated teams come October thirtieth? U of M will lose to Rutgers this Saturday, and it will be hysterical. So it's not good. Not good odds. I bet That's, you. In fact, Shiano zero. <laughs> zero odds. Zero odds. Yeah. I Shiano might have this game circled for them as like. This is an obtainable victory mm-hmm. and one that is a very important victory for us. Oh, next up from Dan Hellpepper. How many feral cats watch Peyton Thorne throw four touchdowns in Miami? Uh, Spartan 18770. How many did you catch, man? Let us know. Yeah. We got a question for you, Spartan 1877. I How do many cats like- did you save? Uh, go MSU butt boy, uh, 69, uh, listener to the pod <laughs> at, at times did tweet, uh, that that cat jumped because it couldn't stand watching a Manny Diaz team any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I will say go MSU butt boy, 69 had some really good zingers this week and I, uh, this weekend and I was loving it. Uh, next up from Dan Hellpepper is Hilltoppers, a weird Kentucky sex thing. Plum. I'm going to throw this one to you. The toppers? It has to be. Yeah, it, it has, has to, to be. be. It has to be. All right. Uh, we're going to keep this PG. Uh, next up, Sawyer Like Tom. If you were a student in these COVID times, we're taking this way out of, uh, would you excuse, quote, I feel ill and I'm waiting on a COVID test, end quote, to get out of class? Would you be more likely to use the excuse for a regular class or try getting out of a test? Uh, she also adds, I don't think I'm speaking from experience because it seems stupid to fake sick in the first two weeks of the semester, but who knows? Undergrads don't always make smart choices. I have an opinion on a college class that requires the student to be there. Like they're adults. Let them take the test. If they fail. They fail. 
don't know. Oh yeah. I just want to point out sort of like Tom, it's nice of you to have so much faith. Um, if, if I had an excuse like that and I thought I needed it, uh, for sure would use that. Uh, might've gone to it. Definitely might've gone to it. I would have just gone with, I have a fever and I need to go get a COVID test. Uh, yeah. I was at, you could say I was at a kegger last night and now I don't feel good. I think I need a COVID test. Uh, next up, my maple leaf. One, if Nebraska's kicking game fails to show up again, then uh-huh. what game plan do you, the Huskers put forward in attempting to win <laughs> this big Saturday game? What is this question? <laughs> I don't know. It was very right. hard to read. So Nebraska's kicking game fails to show up again. As we know from the preview, they missed two field goals. What game plan do the Huskers put forward in attempting to win? I guess you go for it more. Uh, Let me rewrite this. If Nebraska still can't kick good, what will they do on Saturday? Go for it more. (laughs) Great. Speaking of corn, on the cob, niblets, or cream? When were we speaking? Where was the corn speaking? Yeah, it was not referenced. She knew that I would make a comment about this, and she correctly predicted the future. Good for you, Mama Mama. But she just said Huskers, which, by the way, we have not talked about UConn on this podcast, and we're not going to really now, but I don't know if you guys know how historically bad they are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, their coach was going to quit at the end of the season, then he just quit halfway through a game, basically, instead. and They're also worse than SP Plus history. Yeah. And play Clemson this year <laughs> at it's Clemson. Be, it's gonna be Death good. Valley is gonna be a whole new meaning. I do have Anyone? to know though. Plum niblets are creamed. It's gotta or be cob. No, it's gotta be creamed. Because why not? Okay. All right. In uh, a real uh, Sophie's choice here, rank these four assets: Thorn, Hayward as an H back. She says tight end. I think she means H back. Uh, Walker, Tucker. Hmm. Walker's first, right? He has to be above Tuck. Walker. He has above Tuck, Tuck for sure. Tuck no. second. Yeah, Tuck yeah. second. Hayward third. F- f- uh, Thorn fourth. No, flip yes. the last two. No, no I, I I'm with Plum on this one. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with Plum on a football take here. Yeah. Hi, This is big. Science. This is big. <laughs> Good. Great question, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Raymond Chains. I don't know if you youngins know this, but in the late 80s and early 90s, Miami, Florida was what Alabama is now. You could be a... We're young. That's great. We're the youths. Uh, you, your Patagonia hat plum. Really. <laughs> really really <laughs> things. Uh, you could be a great team and they would still crush you and you'd attempt to go on to a decent year. Can you imagine what it's like for us geriatrics to see state triumph? I know that was our first victory over them ever. Mr. Pants, I I love this. I love this little throwback you've given us. I did not know that personally. I'm sure my co-hosts did, but I did not. And uh, I knew they were good. I didn't think they were Bama good. Got to go watch the convicts versus Catholics uh, 30 for 30. All right. We'll do. Yeah, I I look forward to beating Bama in 2050. (laughs) Is Saban dead then? No, he'll be alive. He'll be animatronic, but he'll be alive for sure. It'll be like Futurama. Like he'll be ahead in the VR on the sidelines. Honestly, it, was that a thing in Futurama? Because he feels like the most accurate person for that bit. The thing is, there's no use putting his head in the jar when he's already just a robot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Next up from Raymond Chains, do you think Nebraska may be the best team State has played so far this year? They looked good against Oklahoma. I disagree. I I think Miami they lost is a, a Bert. Yeah, they lost a Bert. I think Miami is a better team. That does not guarantee a victory on Saturday, sure. but I think Miami is a better team. All right. I think they're close. Next up uh, from Raymond Chains. Wait, did Mike Jones say he kissed Alex Plum? Was this a dare? Too much Everclear? Did a romantic movie prompt strong feelings? Plum, I feel like I've I, I robbed you of a thing in your life. Oh, you but, didn't rob me of a thing, Michael Jones. <laughs> Here I am, clutching my pearl. I mean, well, I don't want to tell the story unless you're okay with me sort of telling it. I want to know what you remember. Uh, I remember we were, I think, going to or at a party. Yep. Um, you were fretting that you had not kissed a man. Correct. And were deeply concerned about this big milestone. And like the straight white cisgendered male that I am, I said, I can fix this for you. Correct. And said, I will give you your first kiss so you can have that over with. And you did. And we did. And that was it. That was it. I... There, for sure, too much Everclear involved, but I don't regret a thing. No, same. And it, it was all sorts of very puckered. Oh, it puckered something. Oh, God. All right. Last up from Raymond Chains. This week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo, the coach makes a big point of watching Spartan football take on the Hurricanes. Should we run this? Uh, should we should we run with this teaser? Quote, Izzo feigns being irate when the officiating. Oh, wait. Oh, no, with the officiating. With the officiating. Uh, time to clear the church bells, you chalk dusted goblin holes. Oh my God. <laughs> Help us. Chalk dusted goblin, goblin holes. holes. How I does one come up with a statement like this? Unless he was using the Joe Biden like insult, insult generator. Button. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I truly don't know. Let's, we just gotta we gotta find his burner and see we'll see what he's doing. Also, is this the third time we use the word fanes on the podcast this week? <laughs> yeah. Time to clear the church bells, you chalk dusted <laughs> goblin holes. Hey, and guys, we are coming into our last two questioners with actually the podcast not being obscenely long. Wow. So let's, ah, let's move here. Upper deck jerk guy. Are there any studies that you know of that measure sexual performance following a big win by your team? Uh, well, we have a medical expert on the podcast for a reason, Plum. Uh, yes, there are many studies and they all prove that your team's winning is statistically likely for gentlemen who have penises to increase them by at least three inches. So that's science. At least three. Yeah. And if that isn't happening to you, you should definitely consult with your doctor because it should be. And is that a cumulative effect? Because his next question is seven and zero when going to U of M Ann Arbor. <laughs> Do you stash those yeah, hinges you, you, for later? You, you can build them up. You can build them up. So they roll over like they minutes. They are rolling over like minutes on old cell phone contracts. Got to go to UMAA rolls seven zero. Uh, uh, and channeling his best, Hunter Dickinson, uh, the Protect Jerk guy says, "Are we ready for Bama?" What's this reference? Channeling his best. Oh, that's. So Hunter Dickinson uh, did tweet out, give us Bama. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> After but their victory over, who'd they play? Oh, the fighting Rocky Lombardi. So that's yeah, right. Right. But isn't, yeah, NIU, God help us. But isn't the better question, is Bama ready for us? 
<laughs> they don't want that smoke. And, and right. for that reason, we're not going to give them that smoke. That's right. really what it is. That's right. This is uh, a mutual smoke uh, retaining. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a smoke free zone and Mm -hmm. we're going to respect that. Uh, Next up, Anthony Garbert ranked the following three gaffes in terms of likelihood to be committed by Scott Frost. One, falling up a flight of stairs two, locking keys in his car. Three, forgetting to wear a seatbelt. No, a belt belt. Oh, oh, you're right. A belt for his pants. I got I got keyed in on the car thing. Yes, just forgetting to wear a belt. Um, I guess I remember that. Hoiberg did show up with like a super flu right when COVID was striking the United States. So faux pas are in the Nebraska nature. That was uh, during the Big Ten uh, tournament, tournament, right? Yeah. And the, yeah. he got to play Nebraska played in one of the few games that actually was played. And he was just like sweating dead. on the sidelines. Yeah, oh, it was gross. Like dead fish. Uh, I think Garver, I think there's a way that we can combine all three of these. Uh he forgets he he forgets to wear a belt so in the tuffle of all of that he uh gets up out of his car to go back into the house locking his keys in the car after dealing with this entire situation he's walking back up the stairs to his house and he stumbles and falls all the way back down again uh and then he you know wets himself um and that's he says i want to keep my job yeah that's Scott Frost. Uh, next up from Anthony Garbert. How is Vegas feeling about their win total for the season? For those who don't remember, it was set at four and a half for Michigan State this season. I have a policy of never. Well, I don't bet at all, but definitely never bet against oh, a team. And you don't. You don't. You don't want to talk about that a little bit. Oh, uh oh. I this happened one time, and I and won. What, and what happened? I won the bet. Yeah, but what way. happened to Michigan State that year? Yes, but in this is. You're wrong. This is all wrong. I won the bet, by the way. Uh, I It did seem very low at the time, and now it seems comically low. The the <laughs> over-under on the on the four win. I hope total. someone bet their mortgage on it. I yeah. really do. I hope someone went out, got that money. I So often, I think, what does Vegas know that I don't? Um, but that, it just seems so wrong at this point. I don't know how you can look at the Rutger, the Purdue, in Maryland, and think we're not going to win two of those three at least. Well, we'll see. Uh, prop bet of the week, finally, from Anthony Garvert. Margin of victory over Nebraska next week versus K9 touchdowns by the end of the season, over under 23.5. What's he? He's got six. So uh, should we take uh, rushing and passing, all purpose touchdowns? I think we should. Yeah, yeah. It just says TDs. So I think he's at six. Right. That sounds right. Four of the first game and then one, the one last and two. one. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the under on both of these. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. No, under on the first, over on the second. Oh, six through three. We got what? We got nine more. Uh. Mm, I'm yeah. I'm gonna go under on both. Do you guys, Palm? Do you really expect MSU to blow out Nebraska by twenty three points? No, I said under on 24. the first. I said oh. over on the second. Pardon me. Pardon yeah. me. Uh, yeah. If you had brought that down to like twenty and a half, 
I might take the over on K9. I might. K9. K9. Anyway, uh, gentlemen, it's. <sighs> this is a ranked MSU football team. This is a ranked MSU football team, and it doesn't feel like. I mean, I don't know that we're going to end ranked. I don't know that we're going to beat Michigan this year. Like, I don't know any of those things. And I don't know that the feeling I have right now is cares about those things so much as the feeling that we're going to be competitive in every game. It's a huge game coming up against Nebraska at night. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to be excited about right now. Yes. In MSU Athletics. Yep. It's it's. <laughs> This is fun again. <laughs> it's yeah. been a dark, dark few years. Yeah. But this is fun. Uh, and I am happy that we're going to be here every week to go through it. Um, so, again, uh, for those who uh, decided to skip over the intro, at Spartan underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. But in the meantime, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white, Michael Jones and Alex Plum.